0: Welcome to our Painesville Assembly of God podcast. Our desire is to connect people to a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. If this message touches your heart, we'd love to hear about it. Email us at info at or visit PainesvilleAG.com. We pray that this message will be an encouragement to your faith. Virtue of loyalty. How many believe that loyalty is a neglected virtue in our culture today? How many believe that loyalty is an important virtue for us to have? Yeah. Now, another story about a dog. I like dog stories. The inst- there's an instructor that uh, was from a dog training workshop in Salt Lake City uh, who was noting during their teaching that you can you can test the disposition or the loyalty of a dog uh, simply by pretending. If the owner would fall and pretend to be hurt, if the dog was not loyal, had a bad disposition, the dog would run over and start to bite at you. However, if you fell down and you were hurt, the dog would come over and nestle next to you, maybe lick your face and, and try to help you in that moment if it had a a good disposition. So one of these trainers, her name was Susan Matisse, she attended the dog class, and she decided she was going to test her two dogs. So she was eating pizza in her living room. She stood up. She clutched her heart. She screamed, ah, and she fell over pretending that she was having a problem to the floor. The dogs looked at each other, and then they got up, and they raced to the coffee table, and they ate her pizza. I share that because I think that that kind of mimics a little bit today of sometimes the way that uh, people are in in terms of neglected loyalty. They're loyal until a a better offer comes along. They're loyal until some some other opportunity, something else comes along. But you see, when loyalty is lost, the very fabric of relationships unravels. There's an importance to commitment. There's an importance to loyalty in this, vir- this virtue that is a glue in which community and relationships flourish. You see, with, without it, trust is lost. Families and friendships begin to disintegrate. Dis- yes, <laughs> disintegrate. And, uh, and, and if loyalty is understood only in terms of isolated relationships— That is to say, a disloyal person or a disloyal person of character, what happens is disillusionment and bitterness are inescapable. Throughout the Bible, there are several people uh, who, who demonstrated this character quality, this virtue of loyalty, some incredible loyalty. And I want to look at some of those examples this morning and unpack for you the importance and highlight the importance of this neglected virtue of loyalty. Let's begin in a story. It's found in 2 Samuel chapter 15. 2 Samuel chapter 15. The words are going to be up on the screen, and uh, you can follow along uh, if you have your copy of God's word today. We're going to start in verse 13. Some of the surrounding circumstances uh, come. that David had a son by the name of Absalom. It was one of David's sons. And uh, Absalom had staged a coup against his father. He was unhappy with his father. We're gonna unpack that a little bit more as we go along and what the circumstances were surrounding that. But suffice it to say that, that Absalom felt like his father was not doing a great job in leading, had felt like his father had another one of his half-brothers that, that his father had lined up to take the kingdom, and he wasn't going to let that happen. And so, there were some things that he did to rally people together. He was in the process of staging a coup to take over the kingdom, and uh, David, in this particular case, is fleeing the city of Jerusalem because Absalom is coming in to take over the city. Let's read the story. We're going to start in verse 17 today of 2 Samuel chapter 15, so the king set out with all the people following him, and they halted at a place some distance away. All his men marched past him along with all the Carathites and Pelathites and the 600 Gittites who had accompanied him from Gath marched before the king. And the king said to Ittai the Gittite, why should you come along with us? Go back and stay with King Absalom. You're a foreigner and an exile from your homeland. You came only yesterday and today I'm going to, I make you wander about with us when I do not even know where I am going. Go back and take your countrymen, may kindness and faithfulness be with you. But look what happens. But Ittai replied to the king, as surely as the Lord lives and my Lord the king lives, wherever my Lord the king may be, whether it means life or death, there your servant will be. And David said to Ittai, go ahead and march on. So Ittai the Gittite marched on with all his men and the families that were with him. He, Ittai, demonstrates the incredible virtue and character of loyalty to David. To David, and today I want to just kind of break this down, and we're going to bring in a couple of other characters from the Bible as well, but I want to give you three qualities today of loyalty, three qualities of loyalty that are are displayed. First is this, loyalty is demonstrated in times of crisis. Loyalty is something that is demonstrated in times of crisis. You see, the context of this story is a political crisis that is happening between David and his son, Absalom. The word crisis in the Chinese language is is made up of two characters. One represents danger, and the other represents opportunity. You see, in a crisis, there is both danger, but there is opportunity to display the virtue of loyalty, and what was this crisis that gave rise to such an extraordinary, uh, an extraordinary uh, uh, sense of loyalty? Well, due to King David's many marriages, he had married multiple times. He had many sons who were then half brothers. Absalom was the third of his uh, third son from a foreign mother, Maacah, from the daughter of Geshur, who was the king in the city of Syria. He was handsome. And, uh, but he also had a bad temper, and, uh, and he ended up murdering his half-brother, uh, his half-brother Amnon, because Amnon actually raped Absalom's sister. And there's a whole story behind that. If you think your family has trauma and, and you think your family is unhealthy, just take a look at King David's family. That's one of the things that I think kind of represents how true the Bible is. Is, that, is the Bible doesn't doesn't hide and 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 make these kings look as something they're not. David's family was messed up. Okay messed up. There were problems and struggles in his family, and so Amnon raped uh, Absalom's uh, sister Tamar, and David really didn't do anything about it, didn't punish him. There really wasn't anything, and Absalom allowed that anger and bitterness to set in his heart, and he said, if my father's not going to do anything, I'm going to do something, and that's where their relationship really began to unravel. Again, he fled to the hometown of his mother. He stayed with his grandfather, the king of of Syria. He was there for three years and then allowed to return because Joab, one of the David's generals, went to, to bat for him and said, you ought to bring your son back. All of Israel knows that what he did was not wrong because you didn't take care of it. Bring your son back. So he brought his son back, but he would not see him. How many of you know that sometimes in conflict what happens is, is rather than deal with it and work it out, we just kind of choose not to? And so there's this thing that's happening between David and Absalom, and instead of repaying uh, his father's generosity by at least bringing him back and him, par- pardoning him for his murder of his half-brother Amnon... He decides he's going to pretend and he's going to steal the hearts of the people by pretending to be a champion for their rights. He promises to give them justice and my father doesn't have time for you. We see it in 2 Samuel 15 verse 6. It says Absalom behaved in this way toward all the Israelites who came to the king asking for justice and so he stole the hearts of the men of Israel. Absalom was not showing any loyalty to his father David, he was not honoring his father in any way, instead he was working against him behind the scenes and staging a coup and a political takeover. Right there in Hebron, which was a, a place where David had once been, uh, been, been, been anointed king over Israel and over Judah. Right in that place, the highest place of the, of the city, 3,040 feet above sea level, he launched his claim to be king. And after all, Hebron again was the place where David had been anointed king. And it was a capital city for David for seven and a half years. And in 2 Samuel 15, 12, the conspiracy starts to grow. And Absalom gets the support of a, 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 one of the advisors, his trusted advisor for David, Ahistophel, uh, and, uh, and David's most senior advisor, who was also related to Bathsheba. You can see where this goes. If you know anything about David in that story, there are a whole lot of things that were just not dealt with. How many know, can I just pause for a moment? Sin has consequences. Sin has consequences. And there is all kinds of disloyalty that is happening in this whole situation. And it seemed the majority of people were on Absalom's side. And David, the great king who also had a shepherd's heart, never lost his shepherd's heart, a selfless concern for his subject says, You know what? We're not going to have a battle in this city. There are innocent people in this city that are going to get caught up in this drama and this thing that's happening in this family thing. And you know what? We're not having a battle right here. I could go head to head with you, Absalom. I could go head to head with your army. But you know what? That's going to simply divide the kingdom. And you know what? I'm not going to divide the kingdom. I'm not dividing the kingdom. And so David says, you know what, we're just going to flee. And that's the context of what's going on in this story that, that we read earlier is David is on his way out of the city of Jerusalem saying, I'm not, I'm not going to harm the people. We're not going to have this battle. I'm not fighting with the people. I'm not going to fight and, and have other people get caught up in all of this. If God wants me to be king, then I'll be king. And if he doesn't and my time is over, then I'm just getting out of the city. And so he begins to flee. And there are people that begin to go with him that are staying loyal to him. And one of those people in the middle of this is this guy who is Hittite, the Gittite, who has 600 people that have followed him. He is a, a, he is a person of the, of the Philistine army, an enemy of Israel, but he has had problems with the Philistines himself and he's in exile. He's had to flee along with his people. So now he goes to a place of refuge. David providing a place of refuge for Ittai. Now David is having to go out of the city. And here they are in the middle of this crisis going out of the city. And Itai is willing in the midst of all of that to say, you know what? I'm willing to become an exile again. And I'm going to stay loyal to you, David. In the midst of the crisis. David says, you've only come to Jerusalem yesterday He's shocked by this display of loyalty, that this exiled soldier be willing to put his life on the line and also a place of security in the midst of exile on the line for David. Friends, I'm going to tell you that loyalty is a virtue that is demonstrated in times of crisis. It's easy to be loyal when things are going well. It's much harder to be loyal when it seems like everything is topsy-turvy and things are not going well. Let trouble come and people start pointing fingers and placing blame, and and distance starts growing. And friends, crisis has a way of demonstrating who truly is a loyal friend. Ittai, in the midst of the crisis, demonstrated amazing loyalty. Kind of reminds me the story of somebody else in Scripture in the Old Testament. Somebody by the name of Ruth. Ruth, who was not an Israelite, she was from a foreign land of Moab. And you see, there's a story of a man by the name of Elimelech with his wife, uh, Naomi, and they had taken their two sons because there was famine in Jerusalem and Bethlehem, and they had decided they were heading to Moab, and they were going to find food in Moab and start a life in Moab, and they found uh, wives for their sons in Moab, and Ruth was one of those wives, but then crisis continued, and Elimelech died, leaving Naomi a widow, And then their two sons died, leaving Ruth and and another one of the daughter-in-laws as widows. And in that moment of crisis and bitterness, Naomi says, "I need to return to the place I know. I need to return to the place of my homeland." But I'm returning bitter. I'm bitter at the Lord, and I'm bitter in life. And I don't want you to be around me in my bitterness. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Don't be. Don't be bitter. Uh, don't go with me in bitter. Stay with your own. Stay with your own people. But Ruth, she, I got ahead of myself. Ruth chapter 1, 8 and 9. Then Naomi said to her two daughters in law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show kindness to you as you've shown to your dead and to me. May the Lord grant each of you find rest, a home, and another husband. That was protection. That was safety. That was security. And, 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 and Ruth protests. She doesn't go back. She's insistent and she says, Look, she says to, 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 to Ruth, uh, Naomi says to Ruth, look, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth said, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back with you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I'll be buried. May the Lord deal with me everly, ever so severely if anything but death separates you and me. In the midst of crisis, Ruth shows amazing Loyalty to Naomi in the midst of crisis in the midst of crisis and friends the virtue of loyalty is not when things are going well but it's oftentimes seen in the midst of crisis when people are, are willing to truly say no I'm not going to leave you in the midst of this crisis I'm not going to go out and do, do my thing I'm going to stick by you I'm going to stick with you secondly Loyalty is demonstrated when there are no personal benefits to gain. Ittai the Gittite was a foreigner. He had, he had already chosen to, to basically, it was a gamble to follow David. David says to him, I don't even know where I'm going. I don't know what the future is. I I don't have any stake in the kingdom. I can't pay you, and I can't pay your men. I don't have anything, and I don't know what the future holds. You know what? You're already in exile already. Go back to Jerusalem, show some loyalty to Absalom, and you will find a place of security. But by following David, Ittai was giving all of that up. There was nothing for him to gain by being loyal to David. And yet, he shows an amazing amount of loyalty. An amazing amount of loyalty. In fact, if we look at what David says to him, the king said to him in verses 19 and 20, to Ittai the Gittite, why should you come along with us? Go back and stay with King Absalom. You're a foreigner. You're an exile. You came only yesterday and today I'm gonna to make, I shall make you wander with us when I don't even know where I'm going. Go back, take your countrymen and may kindness and faithfulness follow. He doesn't know what the future holds, and yet at the same time, he is willing, he is willing to follow David. That's the same thing with, with Ruth, right? Ruth following Naomi. She doesn't know anything about Israel. She's a foreigner. She knows how they treat foreigners. She doesn't have a husband to provide or protect her. But yet, with nothing to gain and no, not sure how the future is going to end up, she remains loyal to Naomi. Loyal to Naomi. Loyalty is best demonstrated when it's given with nothing to gain. Nothing to gain. Another person who displayed loyalty with nothing to gain was David's friend, Jonathan. Jonathan. Jonathan happened to be King Saul's son, the king that, that, that was before David was king. Jonathan was a mighty warrior. He was next in line for the throne, but he was also David's closest friend. But when Saul, his father, became jealous of David and feared that David would, would take the throne, Jonathan didn't waver in his loyalty to David. In fact, 1 Samuel eighteen three and 4 records this first act of loyalty. <clears throat> it says this, and Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and he gave it to David along with his tunic and even his sword and his bow and his belt. You you might not get the cultural implications of this. Remember Jonathan is a prince. Now David has married into the family. He's a son-in-law, but he's not the prince. He's not the prince. Jonathan is the prince, so Jonathan's robes and tunic were his royal robes and tunic. What he was giving over to David was basically saying to David, I recognize that the Lord's anointing is on you, and I'm going to step out of the way, and I'm recognizing that, and in my friendship with you, I'm willing to say, I'm not going to be the next king. You're going to be the next king, and I will remain a loyal friend to you. That's loyalty. When there's nothing to gain, when there's no intention, Saul knew this. In fact, he got mad at Jonathan when Jonathan defended David before him. He got mad and said, don't you realize he's going to take the throne? And Jonathan, it's not mine. The Lord wants me to have it. The Lord will want me to have it. But the Lord wants him to have it, and I'll remain loyal to him. Loyalty is demonstrated when there's nothing to gain. Thirdly, loyalty is best demonstrated when we put our faith in the Lord. In fact, I think that's where loyalty has its foundation. Loyalty's foundation is found when our faith is in the Lord. 2 Samuel 15, 21, but Ittai replied to the king, as surely as the Lord lives, and as my Lord the king lives, wherever my Lord the king may be, whether it means life or death, there your servant will be. As surely as the Lord lives. This was a Philistine. This was not not an Israelite. This was a Philistine. But he's saying, as surely as the Lord lives, before he had loyalty to David, he began with a loyalty to the Lord God, David's God. Loyalty begins when we have a loyalty to our heavenly Father, when we have a, a loyalty to God. That was the same of of Ruth's commitment to remain loyal to Naomi. Your God will become my God. In order to follow Naomi, she first had to recognize that ultimately her trust was not in Naomi and Ittai's trust was not in David. Their trust was in the Lord their God. That God would see their loyalty and God would reward that loyalty, that He would see that heart. But ultimately, their loyalty to David or loyalty to Naomi started because they had a loyalty to the Lord, a trust and a commitment to the Lord. That's where I believe the breakdown of loyalty often occurs. When we have a divided heart, I, I read this last week, but James one eight, a double minded man is unstable in all of his ways, and as Jesus said in Matthew six twenty four, no one can serve two masters. He will hate the one, love the other, be devoted to the one, despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Friends, many times our own personal well-being in this conflict of the, of, of the virtue of, of loyalty and the commitment involved oftentimes is because we have a problem and don't have a divided heart and are not trusting the Lord. Loyalty begins when we have a trust in the Lord. When the future seems bleak and we don't know where it ends, remember that loyalty says, God, I trust in you even though I don't know where this is heading or where this is going. Proverbs 20 in verse 6 says, Many a man claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful man who can find. Faithful even when it's difficult. Let me wrap it up with this. Share with you the results. What happened to Ittai? What happened to his loyalty. Well, 2 Samuel 18, too, we see that his loyalty resulted in David's trust in him. And it says this, David sent troops out, a third under the command of Joab, a third under Joab's brother Abishai, the son of Zeruah, and a third under Ittai, the Gittite. If you know anything about Joab and Absalom. You know that they were with David from the very beginning when he began to flee and hide from Saul. They were were part of his inner circle. They were part of his mighty men. They were a part of his his army. They had been with him from the beginning, but the Philistines were the enemies. But now you have this enemy, Ittai, the Gittite who shows amazing loyalty to David. And he's not given less than Joab or Absalom. A third, a third, a third. David put the same amount of trust in him that he had put in Joab and Abishai there is a reward when you and I remain loyal there's a reward that does come with loyalty if we look at Ruth as she began to remain loyal to the Lord and loyal to Naomi What happened with her faithfulness, it resulted in marriage to a family redeemer by the name of Boaz, who was a wealthy landover. But beyond just that, she gave birth to a son whose name was Obed, and Obed was the father of Jesse, and Jesse was the father of David. And if you follow it into the New Testament, you will find in the genealogy of Jesus that that she became a grandmother of Jesus Christ. Loyalty is rewarded, not always immediately, not always up front, but the Lord sees the virtue of loyalty and a loyal and faithful, committed heart, and the Lord is the one who will repay. He honors loyalty. When we are honoring to God and loyal, giving our loyalty to those He's called us to support, we will find great results. We'll find great results. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We pray that you're encouraged by this message. For more information about Painesville Assembly of God, visit PainesvilleAG.com.